The new series that we're in is called DNA. DNA, which stands for, you know, deoxyribonucleic acid, but we say DNA for short. Amen. Okay, some of y'all didn't know that. Maybe you didn't. I had to Google it myself. I'm just kidding. But the DNA, what is the DNA of our church in TWBC? And we've been evaluating everything at TWBC over the past years from, from staff to offices to elders to everything that we're doing and completely going through things with a fine tooth comb because we believe God is setting us up for a mighty movement of his kingdom. And we're going to make sure we're as prepared as we can possibly be. And so one of the things that we've been doing in preparation is this. We began to sit down uh, last year and say, what in the world makes TWBC TWBC. What makes us different? What makes us unique? Why is God pouring his blessing out upon us? Why are we growing at the rate we're growing? And why is God doing miracles, signs, and wonders, and all of those things that he's doing, and, and, and a movement of the Spirit's power like his word says can happen? And so we began to evaluate our DNA. So this a whole series of messages is about the DNA of TWBC. And so as we find out our DNA, we know this, that when we know then we will grow. Amen? When we know our DNA, then we'll continue to grow, but we'll grow at a healthy way where we stay true to who God's called us to be as a church as he's poured his spirit out upon us. And so the, the heart of this series is to know who we are so we can grow and arise. And our theme verse of scripture throughout this whole new series is in Mark chapter 5, verse 41. Mark 5, 41, and it's just a little part of it. It's part B is what I like to say. Um, and in Mark 5, 41, this is where Jesus walks into the house, and he brings Peter, James, and John with him, and he begins to raise a girl from the dead. And he says in that verse, he says, I say to you, arise. I say to you, arise. And I believe that's very prophetic for what God is calling TWBC to do and who he's calling us to become. He's saying, I'm saying to you, TWBC, it's time to arise. It's time to go to the next level. It's time to take that next step of faith. It's time to push back the kingdom of darkness and push forward the kingdom of God. Amen. It's time to do those things that God says we can do and become the church God is calling us to become. And so I say to you, I say to us, I say to me, it's time that we arise and go to the place that God has called us and destined us to be as a church. And so in doing that, these are more than core values. A lot of organizations have core values, and it's things that they aspire to become. This is so much more than a core value. It is the DNA. It's not what we're aspiring to become. It's who we already are, and God is calling out that DNA so we remember who he's made us to be. Amen. Born again children of God in the area that we're in, and we, and we move forward with what God is doing. Now, organizations have core values, but we're so much more than an organization. Amen. We're a ministry. Amen. And we do ministry. And in doing ministry, we touch things that are alive and have life. And that's why we call this series DNA, because the DNA is your very genetic makeup, which makes you who you are, and it's in every living organism. Amen. And you are a part of a living body of Christ that's going to see God do amazing things. And so the first one we're going to talk about today is called Authentic Relationships. And that's the title of this morning's message, Authentic Relationships. And our definition at TWBC for authentic relationships is this. By creating an environment for divine connection, we develop quality relationships and experience life in Christ together. Now take your phone out, take a picture of that so you remember it, and I want you to refer through it out throughout the message because I'm going to bring it up over and over again. And it's by creating an environment for divine connection, we develop quality relationships and experience life in Christ 
together. The, the, the whole series that we're going to be using um, for this DNA series, the scripture text, we're going to use the gospel of Mark chapter number five to go through every one of these six DNA principles that TWBC has. So over the next few weeks, read Mark chapter five at least once a week. Can you do that for me? Read Mark five once a week. Get very familiar with this because God is going to use this uh, chapter to explain the DNA of TWBC. The part of Mark five that we're going to do today is Mark five verse 24. And so as you found in your Bible, Mark chapter 5, and beginning in verse number 24, and it says, And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge or an issue of blood for 12 years, and who had suffered much under many physicians and spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And she had heard the reports about Jesus. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. It doesn't matter how many times I've read this over the past week. This part of the scripture just jumps out at me every time. And even when I just read it, my spirit on the inside of me leapt a little bit because I believe God is wanting to do such an amazing thing in this area of Northeast Texas that people from around the world are going to hear the reports about Jesus, amen, and it's going to draw them to a place where they have a divine connection and encounter with the Father. So it's so important. Your story is so important of how you have been impacted by Jesus Christ himself. Because when people hear the reports about Jesus, that's when they're going to begin to come. So I want to encourage you. And she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made whole. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed from her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, immediately turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And the disciples said unto him, You see the crowd pressing in around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Father God, I pray that you bring forth the DNA that you've planted right here in us at TWBC to cause a divine connection in the lives of everybody listening to this message. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. So the first part of this statement is this, by creating an environment for divine connection. Our one purpose in everything we do at TWBC is this, it's to create an environment where you connect with the Father. That is the only thing we want to do as a church. Facilitate a place for you to come and connect with the heart of the Father. Whether that be in base groups, whether that be in TWBC Kids, whether that be in Rage Student Ministry, whether that be in our Sunday morning worship services and a corporate service like this. Our only focus as a church is this, creating an environment so you have a divine connection with the Father. So that you can touch the heart of the Father and the Father can touch your heart. And so in everything we do, our one purpose is to create an environment for you to connect with the father and so the very as we jump into the passage and the woman she had an issue of blood the very issue in your life that you are trying to hide may be the one piece that makes you realize you need to go connect with the father the very issue that you've been dealing with for the past 12 years may be the one thing in your life that makes you realize you need a divine connection with the father now, I love this lady. This lady had an issue. And I'm going to tell you this. You all have an issue. Your pastor has an issue. Amen? Listen, if you don't think you have an issue, that's your issue. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
it was so funny. The other day, the staff went on this um, uh, 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 retreat thing and this conference we went to. And before we went, we had to take a personality profile and a spiritual profile. And, and it said I was an apostolic commander for my personality. And Derek immediately stands up and says, yes, Joel. Right? <laughs> funny and joking. Just the staff meeting. All of us cracked up. Can I tell you, that probably could be part of my issue. Right? So even sometimes one of your greatest strengths can be part of your issue. And I'm sitting here telling you, if I got an issue and can recognize it, I'm pretty sure all of us have an issue that we can recognize. But if you look at it in proper light, the very issue that you've been trying to hide for however many years may be the one thing that makes you realize, I must have a connection with the Father. I must go to Him and I must get in a different environment where I can have a divine connection with God Himself. This woman, it says there was a woman who had a discharge or issue of blood for 12 years and she grew 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 worse and not better but she heard how others had connected with Jesus she had heard their reports and so she said if they can connect then I can connect see your story of connection is so important because if somebody sees you connecting it's gonna let them know that they can connect amen and if somebody sees you stepping out by faith and connecting and God changing your life it's gonna say if God can do it for them he can surely do it for me amen and if God can touch their life like that surely he can touch my life like that and can I tell you the days of miracles have not passed away can I get an amen on that God is still in the life-changing, heart-touching business. And when the, real, when the need for a connection is realized, listen, and embraced, now I'm going to pause. When the need for a connection is realized and embraced, you're not embracing your issue, you're embracing the connection. It's the issue that's the catalyst that says, something's wrong with me, I need to go connect to the Father again. You're not embracing your 12-year back pain. Come on, thank you, Jesus. You're embracing the Father who can bring a divine connection and change your issue. So the very need, when, when, when the need for a connection is realized and embraced, you're not embracing the issue. It will drive you to get to a different environment than the one you've settled for. If you stay settled in your same environment, you're never going to change. Your issue will drive you to not be settled any longer in the place of complacency that you're in. Have you ever had one of those awful, horrible, no good, very bad days? Oh, yeah. Or am I the only one who's had one of those? If you've had an awful, no good, horrible, very bad day, you always have that point in the day where you come to your, what we call the breaking point, and there's always this proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, am I right? And it's that one point when you finally say, I can't take it anymore, <laughs> right? Why did it take you so long to change environments when literally when the first bad thing happened, all you had to look at that bad thing and say, I can't take this anymore. And you immediately step into a change of environment. But yet we tolerate so many things. And when you get to the point in your life when you're willing to say, I can't take it anymore, then you're willing to change environments. You're willing to go to a different environment. This woman, she wasn't happy with where she was at. But when you're satisfied with just existing, you'll stay exactly where religion tells you to stay. When you're satisfied with just existing and not really living, you'll stay exactly where religion tells you to stay. But when you find the need to live, you'll go where a connection can be made. When you're satisfied with existing... You'll stay where religion tells you to stay, 
But when you find the need to live, you'll go where a connection can be made. Now listen, this woman got real unsatisfied with religion. This woman got real unhappy with her current environment. Now listen, this woman had an issue of blood, or she was bleeding for 12 years, and according to the law of religion that she was living in, the bleeding woman for 12 years, she was not able to leave the house, and if she left the house, the religion said, you have to call out unclean, unclean, and you would have to go to the opposite side of the street of everyone else, and you would have to go get water in the hottest part of the day, not in the cool of the day, and all this religion kept her in an environment Environment where a connection could not be made. But when she got real sick of her existence of life, she stepped outside of religion where a connection could be made. Now listen, this woman needed a connection. She had a connection, and she knew what she was going to touch. Notice I didn't say who, I said what. She knew what she was about to go touch. You see, in the Jewish uh, faith, the, the, the rabbis would wear a big shawl over them, and it's called a prayer shawl. Okay, and, and literally when Jesus says go into your prayer closet, what he's meaning is you would take that shawl and you'd literally wrap it all around you and, and you would close yourself off. He wasn't going into a closet in your house, okay? Right. Uh, and, and so, okay, some of y'all are like, that's the first time you've ever heard that in your life. <laughs> Sorry, it just is like, wow, I didn't ever know what that meant. That's what it meant. This, the shawl was so big, and they would wrap it around, it and they would cover your prayer shawl. Another thing, when, in Psalm 91, it says, under his wings he'll cover you. When you would spread that prayer shawl out, yeah. you could cover people in prayer. Yeah. Under his wings, I'll cover you, he says. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? But on the corners of these this prayer shawls, there were tassels on the corners. And tassels in historic times always represented nobility. And so these tassels that represented nobility, they were on each corner of the prayer shawl. And God said, I want you to put a tassel on there as a reminder of who I am to you. And he said, in that tassel, it's more than nobility. I want you to put a blue cord in that tassel, which represents priesthood. So it goes what Peter said, you are a royal generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood set apart to show the excellencies of God in 1 Peter 2, 9. And so what he was saying is, I want you to do that. And so it's a reminder whenever you see these tassels of the kingdom that you represent. And the woman, according to the gospel of Matthew, said, if I can just touch the hymn, of his garment, that's where the tassel hung, was on the hem. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch what represents the kingdom of God, I'll make a connection with the kingdom, and I'm going to be made whole, and I'll be changed forevermore. But see, you got to get sick and tired of existing and get out of where religion is telling you to stay, and you need to step out there where a connection can be made. And so she said, I'm going to go press in, and I'm going to touch the hem of that garment. And when I touch it, I'll be made whole, she said to herself. And this is so important. There's so much power in the the symbolism of that tassel that King David, when he was about to kill King Saul in the cave of Adullam, he snuck up behind him, and he cut the corner of his robe off, which would have contained the tassel, And God rebuked him, and he rebuked himself. He said, far be it from me that I should touch God's anointed, even though he was being ungodly, far be it from me that I should touch his his anointed. Because literally, when he cut that tassel off, it's literally like slapping the crown off his head. But she knew if I touch that tassel, which represents kingdom. You know, she she didn't even say who she was going to touch. It was what she was going to touch. 
She had heard the reports about Jesus, and she said, if I can just touch on him what represents his kingdom, then I will be healed and made whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. And so as she begins to press in, she created an environment for a divine connection to be made. And then after that, in our core value, it says this, we, by creating an environment for, the, for divine connection, we develop quality relationships. Now, I want to talk about the development that occurs. After the connection is made, there is always a development. And the quality relationship I'm about to tell you about is not with the person next to you. I'm not worried about your relationship with the person next to you yet. Because when there's a connection of divine power, the first relationship that's got to be developed is a quality relationship between you and the Father. Through Jesus Christ. Yes. I mean, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so we, we set up an environment for a divine connection, not so you can make a friend with somebody else in the building, right. so you can develop a relationship with the Father. Amen. And so as you begin to develop a relationship in the Father, the, we, we miss it many times when we read this. We read through the whole story, and we get to verse number 33, and we just kind of skim on by verse 33 because we love the part Jesus said, your faith is healed, you go and be made whole. And so in this part in verse number 33, it says, But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Your relationship with the Father after a divine connection is made is going to be based on how honest you are with yourself before the Father. Listen, he sees all, he knows all, he knows everything about you. You hiding your issue for 12 years does you no good. The only thing it does is prevent you from getting a touch from the Father where you need a touch the most. The woman said this. She said, I'm going to go tell him the whole truth about what happened. Now listen, when the Gospel of, uh, of Mark wrote this, it, it, he wrote it in a way, bear with me on the statement, that, that it didn't really happen. Now I'm not saying the Bible's wrong, but Mark knew the backstory before he wrote this, so he wrote the backstory into the, 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 the account so you could understand the account. What I'm saying is this. The woman did not come out and say, hey, I've got an issue of blood. I'm about to touch Jesus and be healed. She didn't do that. What she did is she got out of the house. She pressed through the crowd, pressed through the religion, touched the hem of his garment, felt in her body that she was healed, turned to walk away, and Jesus said, hey, somebody touched me. Okay. And so she, Mark knew the whole backstory before he wrote it. So then after she got called out by Jesus and Jesus said, who touched me? She walked up and they had a conversation about their divine connection, which started the development of a relationship with Jesus. And she said, I'm not going to hide anything from this man. I'm going to tell him the whole truth about my life. Now, I don't know if this lasted a minute, or I don't know if it lasted five minutes, or I don't know if it lasted 30 minutes, but I know the man that was waiting on Jesus to go heal his daughter that was about to die said it couldn't get done quick enough. So just remember, in your moment of connection, somebody else is also needing a connection. So in that, I want you to look at how God is connecting you and how you can connect others to the Father. See, she had a forever moment, is what I like to call it. A moment that she'll remember forever and actually will all remember forever because it's right here in the Word of God. And her forever moment began to change everything about it. And so we want to create an environment where you can have a connection with the Father to start developing a quality relationship and experience life 
in Christ. Now, when we talk about experiencing life in Christ, it, the, the, the term we use for life is the same one in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's the same life that Jesus said, or that God said when he created Adam and he breathed life into him. It's called the Zoe life of God. It's more than your physical existence. It's the born-again, regenerate spirit. It's the Zoe life of God that he's pouring into you. And so listen to this definition of, of Zoe. It says the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God himself. Come on now. Give God a hand clap of praise on that one. It's that life. It is the absolute fullness of God himself, both essential and ethical, which belongs to him that he breathed into you. When she connected with what represented the kingdom, Zoe life came out of him and into her. That's right. And Jesus said, I feel that power has left me. And she said, he touched me. <laughs> Something hit her. And she experienced life for the first time ever. The event that you are powerless to change could be your divine connect moment. That moment is more than the start of a fling relationship. It is a quality relationship with Jesus where you begin to experience Zoe life in Christ. And we do it together. We do it together. This is where you do come in. This is where you do have a part. And listen to this, and I'm going to say this very matter-of-factly because I don't have time to waste on trying to sugarcoat it, so I won't. <laughs> I am more concerned that you divinely connect at TWBC than you socially fit at TWBC. I'm not worried if you socially fit here. I don't care if you're the richest or the poorest, the blackest or the whitest or the yellowest or the greenest or the whateverest. I'm concerned that you connect divinely more than you're fitting in socially. Listen, I, I know the person who's the manager of Sulphur Springs Country Club. I can get you his name if you want a social environment to go to. This wasn't created to be a social environment. It was created to be a place of divine connection with the Father. And so I am more concerned that you fit or you connect divinely with the Father than you fit socially. If we will get back to that priority in church, it'll cut out a lot of the mess that's in a lot of churches. Because you come in looking for a friendship or a relationship with, some, with the Father, but you try to do it through somebody. And you start talking to people you shouldn't be talking to. And there's a lot of nonsense in the church. And, and listen, uh, it, 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 it's, it's not just now. Read 1 Corinthians. There's a lot of nonsense in the church. Okay? And he was calling out the church of Corinth. So when you read that, it's not a happy book, <laughs> right? Because he's calling out the nonsense. But the, how does the nonsense begin? How does the junk begin to start? Here's how. It's because you come in with a need or an issue, and you connect socially before you connect divinely. And we must turn it back to connecting divinely before we connect socially. Now, here's how we connect socially. Because of my divine encounter and your divine encounter, now we got something to talk about on proper ground of divine encounters with the blood of Jesus, how he changed me, how he changed you. And so I want to get to know your story. And I want to get to know your story. Because now we got something to talk about. It's not a social environment then. It's a divine connection making a relationship with another person that had a divine connection based on the truth, the whole truth of God's word. And a pure relationship is then birthed. Yeah, that's right. 
And so as we, the church, the body of Christ, begin to look at who we are at TWBC, my main concern is that you connect divinely before you fit socially. And if you get that backwards, in five weeks you're going to say, well, those people at the church, they've just changed. You're supposed to be changing. You're having divine encounters with the Father. He's pouring his spirit out upon you, not so you can stay the same. If you want to stay the same, you're going to exist in religion. Okay? Uh, we're, we're not called to exist and stay where religion says stay. We're called to go where a connection can be made. And we can encounter the Father. And as on Easter Sunday, I think about the divine connection that God's wanting us to have. I look at the cross, and I look at the cross, and I see this. I see the, the, the beam that goes up and down. It's the vertical relationship, which always reminds me I must always have this divine connect before I worry about an earthly connect. And for some of you people, people, it's not so much you're a people, people, it's you're an insecure people. I'm not being ugly when I say that. I've dealt with that for years. Finally, about three years ago, I just said, forget it. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm preaching the gospel. Uh, I'm just going to go with God. And I was worried how happy I was making people. Right? All right, I'm going I'm to stay off that because I'm running real low on my time. And so at TWBC, the very first thing God told me when he said start a church, he said, open it up for a place for my people to come and worship. Yeah. A place for divine connection. And now that I look back on it 17 years later, the mandate of God that he put on my life 17, 18 years ago, however many years ago it was, hasn't changed. The DNA of TWBC is this, to create an environment for you to develop a quality relationship and experience life, Zoe life in Christ together. The horizontal beam of the cross is for us to reach out and connect with other people who need divine connections, who need the power of God in their life. I shudder to think how many of us and how many times even us at TWBC have created an environment that a woman with the issue of blood would have to push her way through to get a connection instead of ushering in the Holy Spirit to change lives. So this morning, my one prayer and my only prayer is that you connect. Worship team, if you'll come. Ministers, if you'll come. I want you to connect. Connect in such a way that you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. That you receive him in your heart as Lord and Savior. Connect in such a way that some of you, you haven't connected in a long time. And you're trying to live today on yesterday's bread. You're trying to live out today on yesterday's revelation. On Tuesday, if you're still living on Sunday's message, why are you wanting leftovers? He says, my mercies are new every morning. I want a divine connection with you every day. And you're going to have to make it a point to create your own environment. Go to your own prayer closet and create this place. This morning, if you need to be born again, I want you to come and pray. I want to pray with you. This morning, some of you need to sell out and say, it's time for an authentic relationship. I've had relationships with tons of people in the church, but have I ever encountered the power of God? It's time for a divine connection, an authentic relationship. I'm going to ask that you stand with me this morning. As the worship team begins to play, this is your freedom moment. Your moment to be free. You can go take communion. You can come pray with one of us. You can come pray on your own at the altar. It's your moment to press into an environment and touch the kingdom of God and never be the same. Amen. 
Would I say amen to this prayer? The altars are open, and I want you to come. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, and we say thank you for who you are, for all that you're doing. God, the only thing I want today is authentic relationships birth because of a connection with you.